0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Human Challenge, where we explore all the human challenges in today's world, the challenges of being human and how we can challenge ourselves to be more human for the greater good. I'm your host, Vanessa Ferlano, based in Sault Ste. Marie. Today, chatting with J.L. Fazel, author of Human Nature, right here, who is currently also based in Sault Ste. Marie, but originally comes from Timmins, which is... I thought I was pretty north in Ontario, (laughs) but Timmins is like more north than me, so we're getting very north. Um but welcome. Welcome to the show.
1: I always laugh when people joke about Timmins. We get two uh, growing up there was two months of summer and that was it. It was ten months of snow, two months of so it is pretty north.
0: Yes. Well, it is very much the <laughs> No, thank you. It's very much the sentiment in Sault St. Marie as well, I have <laughs> yeah. to say. Um but I'm very excited. I'm very excited to to have you here and I really liked your book a lot. Um you know, it was, I came across it because both of our books are for sale at the Sault Ste. Marie museum and they're actually like near each other on the shelves. And so I went in and I was doing an interview and then I saw your book. I was like, Oh my gosh, this, this theme of being human, you know, my book is human, yours is human nature. And I know <laughs> that we both talk about being human. And so obviously I had to pick up the book and then now I have to have you here because we need to talk about being human. <laughs> so, um I loved it. Loved it a lot. You know, uh, a lot of what I talk about with being human is a lot more of that, um, maybe a little bit more of like this combination between like spirituality, but, um, you know, spirituality, mindfulness, maybe, um, you know, and how we can like this, this idea of individual healing leading to collective healing. And I think that's a very important thing for me. And so uh, what I loved a lot about your book was this connection to nature, right? Because I think that's a huge, uh, reality and huge part of what it means to be human. Um, there's a lot of, uh, we kind of, were. are I think we're kind of conditioned in society to believe, and especially cause I know you have a psychology background, you know, we're conditioned to believe that like we're the center of the world and we're the center <laughs> of the universe. Um, but you know, when we start looking at us and our human connection, not just within, but the human connection around us, including nature, um, you know, there's the world is suddenly very different, right? It's suddenly we're not looking at the world inside out, we're looking at the world outside in. And so that was one of the things I really gathered from your book, especially because it's poetry. And so, you know, poetry is always really beautiful to read because of that, right? You can make some of these inferences connected to you and still hear there's a story. So I'm super excited that you are here. Um, maybe just before, if you maybe want to tell us a little bit about your background, um, and then we'll get into a little bit more about about the book and some of these things I just shared
1: yeah for sure so like you said my background in psychology um before I wrote that book I was working for the school board as a mental health and behavior support and one year got bad and I turned to writing because I used a lot of creativity in my own work and decided to take that and publish it and share it with the world just so people didn't know that they were so alone in their experiences I I had that dream. I think like a lot of artists have, if I can just reach one person and change their life, then I've, I've done my, my job. And then from there, that first book, I've gone on to publish four more, all kind of on the idea of nature and that connection to the greater whole while still still going inward and being like not afraid to explore myself and see what I find and holding myself to the same standards and the same things that I was teaching the kids I was working with and making sure that I, was really practicing what I preached and not just kind of saying it and not living it.
0: Right. Right. Um, I really appreciate that a lot in that perspective of holding myself accountable to what I've been, (laughs) because I (laughs) think, It's very, you know, whether it's teachers, parents, even ourselves as friends, right? You know, it's so easy to, to offer so much wisdom, but then not <laughs> not take it for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And so I do, I really appreciate that perspective. So, okay. So then Human Nature was your first book or your fourth book? It was my fourth, actually. Oh, it was your fourth. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. And then <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I should double check that. Okay. So Human Nature was your fourth book um, and you wrote it after your, after your work um, with at the the school board. And so um, what was, um, so you mentioned, you know, there was, there was, I think you just kind of hit a point in your line. You had to start, it sounded like you just started taking inventory and just kind of needed to do some internal sorting. And so I'm just kind of curious, like you know, obviously writing was important, but then this role of nature, right? Like this book is about human, but it's about human nature, but it's as much like everything in the book is really about nature and that connection to nature. And so um, what was the role of nature in all of this as well?
1: So with the first three books, I was living in Timmins at the time and Timmins is A wonderful place if you love nature um otherwise if you're into the big city vibe it's it's really not for you um so I spent a lot of time out in nature and like I said I was going through a lot and just being out there whether it was blueberry picking with my dad or sitting in a boat or hiking the trails I always felt like I was going inward and something about nature felt really grounding, but like forced the humility out of me um so that's kind of where human nature took. I had stopped and I sat back after my three books. Um, my first three books were actually kind of, um, I don't know, <laughs> for for a writer, I struggle with words sometimes too. Um, it was kind of almost a trauma dump, if that makes any sense. My goal when I wrote those first three was to take my experiences and just put them into paper. I wasn't allowed to take anything out. Whatever I had to say had to be said. I wasn't allowed to take poems out the only rule I set for myself was that I could edit the words to make it sound better, but not the theme. And I was never allowed to delete ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, So after writing that, I stepped back and I had to rethink about where I wanted to go with my writing and what I wanted to do. And being someone from Northern Ontario, Timmins to St. Marie, my love for nature, it kind of made sense to continue exploring nature while still exploring myself and just taking that theme to kind of a deeper level.
0: And so um, I definitely resonate a lot with this idea of you know, the kind of trauma dumping um and then this this like not taking anything out. And, and, I, and I love that so much because I think it's it's a way to really honor your experiences, our experiences. Yeah. Right. And it's just when we start trying to like edit out our trauma, you know, we're trying to we're kind of editing our lives. And I think that but instead being able to just sort of accept and honor like this was a part of my life. And, you know, it was hard, but this is it's an invitation for that compassion to come in. And so I yeah. I absolutely completely resonate with that message. Um, love that, love how nature also played a role in your, um, you know, in, in just in your role in your life as well. And especially growing up in Northern Ontario, I remember you also mentioned to me that your husband was also, um, indigenous, correct? Or is, yeah. Is, is, yeah, indigenous. He is indigenous?
1: he's an Anishinaabe.
0: And so, and, and I think that how did that also have a bit of an impact in terms of your relationship with nature? Yeah.
1: So. My mom, so I'm second generation Canadian. My mom is from Germany. So her idea of nature is hiking a mountain to go eat at a restaurant at the top of it. It is not, not Northern Ontario. And my dad's from Wawa originally. Um, so I'll go my district, Northern Ontario and his version of nature where it was going in the middle of nowhere and, you know, climbing the mountain, but it's because there was no one around and he was going to go fish or hunt. And I think I had to really explore like my own views and kind of come to my own terms with, cause like I felt like Northern Ontario never really fit the way it was supposed to, but I think it's because I didn't let myself fit the way I needed to. Um, so I had my own views about nature and like spent some time thinking about where they came from. And then I had a chance, many chances to talk with my, uh, my husband and his family about, you know, traditional Anishinaabe teachings, the connections with nature, the way they view it, um, that it's about servitude. And I really loved how a lot of those views lined up with how I felt about nature, but at the same time challenged some of my ideas about what nature was and um, learning about the ideas of spirit and how so... um, my son, when we got his spirit name and thinking about the idea of spirit names and nature spirit and how all those things play together, started to challenge my own views about spirit and like, well, you know, we think about religion and spirituality and that humans have spirit, but is it just us? Like there are plenty of, you know, teachings across the world that would argue differently. And so I started spending more time thinking about that and thinking about more than just the way I saw the world and kind of starting to view myself from like like you said, outside in, and um, thinking about myself, okay, well, how am I like a tree? How am I like this? How can we humanize nature, but also do the reverse, you know, take the human out of us and relate to ourselves as nature? Right? Yes, I absolutely love that. I love that
0: so much. Um, and I, I kind of want to just like pause in those words for a second. <laughs> because I just love this reciprocal relationship between you know humans between nature uh, between spirit and so I I really appreciate that perspective thank you so much for sharing that. Um I want to dive a little bit deeper now into the book because the book's kind of broken out into the four seasons and obviously there are some common themes that tend to draw out through the four seasons. And so I hoped you could maybe share a bit more about that, um you know that intentionality behind that um and maybe sharing some of these themes as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. So the biggest theme that I wanted to highlight in this book when I wrote it was growth. And that the idea that it's still happening even when you don't see it, um, even when you don't feel it, even when it's minus forty outside and you're like, "There is no way there is life outside surviving right now." That sometimes we need to step back and rest, or sometimes it's the season to give it all you've got, or you know, you know, you never really know um, what's going to come, but that it's always going to be moving, it's always changing, and just because these are the seasons this year, they look a certain way. You can always expect certain things out of winter, but it's also going to evolve and change. And maybe next year, it won't look the same. Um, so I, I really love the idea of growth and consistency and the way that they challenge each other. It's almost like an oxymoron, like they, they fit, but they don't fit. And I, I love that it really challenges their brain and <laughs> makes you think. Um, I also really wanted to explore the idea of self-discovery and being able to be brave enough to go through myself and be honest and like you said, honor those experiences and make sure that I was holding myself to that. Because as somebody who was um I stepped back once I had my son from my my role in education in that behavior mental health support role, um, to focus on my family and writing. But during those times, you know, I had uh, three schools of anywhere up to 200 upwards kids, like looking up to me as a role model and my son. And I really had to make sure that I was being what I needed as a kid and making sure that I was staying true to my younger self while still being brave enough to grow and change and evolve. Um, yeah, so those are some of the the big themes that kind of stuck out for me when I was writing it that I really, really wanted to push through.
0: And I think that, um, you know, like you're saying it's, it's, it's growth, but it's, it's evolution, right? And sometimes, um, it's, it's for myself personally, it's a term I started to gravitate towards is is like evolution because, um, you know, there's really no, there's really never going to be an end game for anything. It's just, we're like consistently always becoming, you know what I mean?
1: Um, yeah. And so, common, I, but your core is still the same, regardless. Like you know, there's always like common themes between. Yeah, I like that. Exactly, exactly.
0: And I did catch that as well reading your book and and some of these themes. How they, um, I think in particular the part where you mentioned um, that they that you're always going through these experiences, just like regardless of kind of what's happening around us. And so you know, and I noticed that a lot in the book. Like there are certain poems that related to a specific theme and you know it was like they were always revisited in each section right and then you could see Hmm. how nature coincided with that you know it was like you're still going through this this is still the experience but now the context is different now the leaves are different colors now there's snow on the ground now they're like now it's summer right and so I think it was really interesting to see how those concepts those themes evolved developed changed just over time and in this case time is like the seasons not this concrete definition of, of time right in yeah. terms of our schedules it's like it's like again that evolution and really that co-evolution with nature
1: yeah um and that, that's been a big thing my entire life you cannot call northern ontario home and not be okay with just giving yourself to the mercy of the seasons and I think it's kind of a cool resilience building thing that we have up here for us that uh, so maybe some other people who don't, you know, experience nature the same way we do have. And yeah, so that, that resonated for me for sure.
0: I love that. Resilience. That's exactly what it is. Minus 30 winters it's resilience. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you specifically about the book is there a favorite piece that you like to talk about or refer back to, or one that just kind of always calls you regardless of the season that we're in?
1: Yeah, um, no, there's a million. I honestly, <laughs> I could, I could do a whole bunch, but there's one called um, "An Artist's Soul" that I really, really love, and it's one of my favorites. And it's it kind of deals with the idea of of staying true to yourself no matter what regardless of whatever's happening and to make the best of things regardless of, of what's going on for you right did you want to read it to us yeah for sure <laughs> so one great thing about uh, being an author is that I have my books all over the house <laughs> here we go Okay, so this one's, yeah, an artist's soul. A soul dancing a ballet of chaos, thrashing about in the storms, created beauty in her whirlwind simply by bowing at the end. So whatever you do, be sure to bow, not to lower your head, but as the most graceful way a soul can say, you're welcome. Mm.
0: I love it. I love it so much. And it just, I feel it. I feel... You know, reading it and like hearing it, I feel this warmth, you know, just like hearing it because um, I don't know, it's like very empowering, empowering, empowering. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think also this idea of just finding beauty in in the in the chaos in the mess because it is you know and it makes me think of you know the cosmos right like it's so it is like this you know scientifically it's like entropy right which is chaos (laughs) but then it is like beautiful you know we get these beautiful stars we have these beautiful planets and and so i i just yeah i really love this piece a lot i think it's really beautiful um, and grace. I'm all about grace. Yeah. I think that's like a personal, that might just be me and my personal journey right now, but I'm all about like, exactly like living in this most graceful way. And I think even gratitude, just being grateful for the experience that we have as humans.
1: And yeah, I- that one, um, I've always kind of resonated with that one, just because life often is, like you said, chaotic, and it can get messy and hard. And if you can't, step back from it and find that silver lining, find the good, find the change, find the growth, then you can get lost in it. And it can be really, really hard to pull yourself out of.
0: Absolutely. And I think too, like, even just, you know, when we talk about like stepping outside of ourselves, you know, even from a mindfulness perspective, right, being able to just observe, um, there's this, this, you know, can we even just step back and just observe the chaos for being chaos and be okay with that. You know what I mean? Like being able to like, we're kind of separate ourselves, like it's chaotic and I'm just going to accept and honor this chaos for simply being chaos. And that's it, you know? Um, and I think, yeah, like I just think that's another perspective and I just Mm -hmm. offer that because, you know, um, I, yeah you know like how again how can we like separate ourselves how can we like honor that experience and kind of going back to what you were saying earlier yeah. about uh um you know we were talking about trauma and being able to honor the trauma it's kind of the same idea right can i step yeah. outside of this chaos and just like honor this chaos for what yes. it is
1: <laughs> and then so that kind of makes me think of the last line the most graceful way a soul can say you're welcome just making space for yourself i'm here i did it um, you've obviously seen my story, so you're welcome for whatever that offered you, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, and just kind of honoring your, like, honoring yourself and, and, uh, just never to be ashamed of it, to own every piece of your story because it's yours and you can't love anyone. You can't show grace. You can't be any of those good things if you can't do it for yourself. Mm.
0: Honestly, beautiful words. And I can't imagine a better way to to end this episode. I really hope that people will take the time to let those words sink in to let them resonate. Um, You know, at the end of the day, I think what you're really talking about is is like acceptance, right? That acceptance that this is my life, this is the journey, and I'm going to honor and respect it for what it is. And I absolutely love that. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Really grateful. Everyone, please check out Human Nature. Uh, Where can we find it?
1: Um, so if you're local in Sault Ste. Marie right now, you can pick uh, Human Nature up at the Mainstream Cafe and Sault Ste. Marie Museum uh, right next to your book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you're more of an online person, you can find it at Amazon, Kindle, Kindle Unlimited. And I'm pretty sure Barnes & Noble's carrying it, too. Um, so Yeah.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Super grateful for your time. And I do hope that people will pick it up and, you know, find the, the space to reconnect both within and with nature.